Well, thank you guys. That is amazing. You have served us so well tonight. Thank you. My name's Russ. I'm here to just bring a short talk and uh, it's just great to be with you um, in this way, this unprecedented way. What a year it has been. I mean, it's been incredible, hasn't it? And I want to ask just how have you been? Have you been okay? And uh, it wouldn't be surprising if you have felt a little bit out of sorts. Um, some things for me early that came in was this, this sense of anxiety, sense that uh, we, weren't, we didn't really know where things were going to go, and that went on for a lot longer than it usually does in our lives. Not knowing the future, and in some ways not feeling safe. And the other thing was that whole sense of loss. We lost so many things so quickly, didn't we? We lost connection, friendships, and uh, being with other people, having a hug uh, with those that we would want to. And we lost something of our freedom. We weren't able to go on holiday when we'd planned them. And for some, we lost something of our purpose. Uh, some of you may have lost jobs and on furlough, just what is life all about? And the reality is, if you feel out of sorts, the reason is because God made us to have these things, to be connected, to know freedom and to have purpose. And so when they're not there, it's no wonder that we might feel depleted, both emotionally, psychologically and physically. I heard someone say recently, if ever there was a year that needed Christmas, it was this one. And I thought to myself, well, yes, you know, for the family and getting together when we wouldn't able normally to be able to do so and, and presents, although more things that we don't really need. But for me, more than ever, this is the year for Christmas because people need to know and understand something of the real meaning of Christmas. We spent more time at home this year, haven't we? Working from home and even socializing from home. And you're even watching at home tonight. And so we've gone for that as our theme, home with us. And uh, that's what we're going to go for. That's what we've been going for this whole uh, carol event. And I want to ask the question, what does home mean to you? For me, some people think it's about the place, isn't it? I was, I was brought up in Stroud in Gloucestershire, the Cotswolds, beautiful place. Uh, we did the same things as normal kids. We just did them on a hill because um, Stroud is full of them. And uh, I remember playing football on Rodborough Common. Um, it's where the cows graze Monday to Friday. So on Saturday, we had to remove the cow pats before we started the game. Incredible place. And if we didn't remove them in time, we just had to remember not to do any sliding tackles. Or for others, it's a building, isn't it? Home is a building. And if you watch TV these days, you'll find it everywhere. There's, there's build your dream home. There's grand designs. There's amazing spaces. <laughs> and there's all sorts of ugly house to lovely house and better house to brilliant house. <laughs> Buildings, it seems, are what we are all asked to do bigger and better with more creativity so that we might somehow understand something of what it is to be at home. But we all know that it takes more than a building to feel at home. 
It's a feeling. Home is something that you say to someone, make yourself feel at home. And of course, they don't mean that literally, although I'd love to try it one day. I'd love to just go and help myself to their wine rack, go and have a beer from the fridge and maybe just take a kip on their bed. But of course, that's not what they mean. They mean, take it easy, chill out, relax, and feel at home. So home has all sorts of emotions and memories, doesn't it? For some, it's a peaceful place. But for others, even if you're fortunate to have a home, it can be a painful prison. And this year, either of those things would have only been accentuated through this pandemic. And so we're going to explore this theme of home a little bit. But first, I want to introduce you to some friends, David and Hannah, and they're going to tell you a little bit about what home means for them. Hi, my name is David, and uh, I am originally from a country called Ecuador. Hi, my name is Hannah, and I'm originally from the Philippines. I grew up with all my friends who lived on the same street. Uh, we used to play football on, on the street. We used to uh, go climbing trees and go for walks up the mountains. My aunties, my uncles, my cousins, we all lived in the same town, literally a few minutes from each other. Home to me was uh, my grandma's house. It was the place where my extended family, my aunties, my uncles and my cousins, would gather for these wonderful feasts. Other times when we're together is during Christmas. Literally, my grandparents and our maids would all come together for days, slaving away, cooking all the food, ready for a mahusive feast. These memories, of course, uh, bring this sense of warmth. Uh, I felt so loved by everybody else because we were all so close. Uh, we had such a close relationship with each other. My cousins felt like they were my other brothers and sisters. Um, I moved here when I was eight in 2003. Home was this tiny little two-bed flat above a hairdresser's with my family in Worthing. No fireworks outside on the streets on New Year's like usual in Philippines. No children knocking on your door um, trying to sing a carol song. But like many um, immigrants who move to a new country, you get used to it. And, and I did. At the age of 17 in the year 2009, I moved to the UK to live with my dad and my brother. So most of the time I found myself on my own and really missing that family warmth, that family sense, that joy of being uh, surrounded by so many members of my family and my friends all the time. Well, thank you, David and Hannah. We're going to be hearing a little bit more from those guys uh, in a minute. But first, I want to introduce you to someone else. His name is Zacchaeus. And you can read about him in the Bible, in Luke's Gospel, in the New Testament. And we're going to read some of that story uh, together. So you'll see the, the words come up on the screen. We're going to read uh, Luke 19, verses 1 through to 9. And I'm going to stop after a little bit of the story. And it says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector 
and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Well, this is Zacchaeus. The place was Jericho. The building, a posh. We're sure Zacchaeus must have had a grand design. You know, he was the chief tax collector. He was a wealthy man. And the feeling, well, that was somewhat mixed. You see, Jesus was in town, so there was loads of excitement and anticipation because there always was around Jesus. But for Zacchaeus, well, he, he had everything that he needed, yet inside he was hungry for more. You see, he lacked connection. The tax collector in that day in, in Rome was, was, was almost like the social scum job. He didn't like what he did, and he extorted the people for as much as he could get. He hated his height. He hated how short he was. He was insecure about that too. He wasn't liked, and he definitely wasn't loved. You see, Zacchaeus, in many ways, is looking for the same things that we're all looking for, looking for a love that lasts and a life that counts. See, he was aware, as we're all aware, that buildings fall, memories fade, and bodies get frail. You know, we've seen our frailty more this year than ever before. And so we begin to ask the question, is this body really forever? Is this world forever in its decay? And is this truly our home? Well, let's go back to the story. You see, Jesus comes to where Zacchaeus is and he says this, he says, come down here immediately, Zacchaeus. I must stay at your house. Well, do you think that's a bit strange? This rabbi going to Zacchaeus, who's uh, a sinner, the people certainly did. They said, why is Jesus going to the house of a sinner, a tax collector? Well, actually, it's not so weird. You see, God made us for home with him. He did that right at the beginning of, of time in the Garden of Eden. He made this amazing place. It was home for Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were with God and they walked with him and they were in his very presence. But Adam desired more. He didn't want to just be told what to do. He went against God. He wanted to be the Lord of his own life. And as a result, he was banished from the garden. But worse than that, he was banished from God's presence, from having that close relationship with him. And home, as a result, was lost. And therefore, every subsequent generation is lost too. We are lost and ever since, we've had this longing to return, this inside longing to be loved and to be liked. And God, too, desires for us to come home. And then there's a turn in the story throughout all of the Old Testament from beginning to the end of the Old Testament into the New Testament. 
and we've heard it from our readings tonight. Then the story changes, angels to shepherds. There's good news and it will bring you great joy. A savior is born in the town of David today. Isaiah said that there was a light that was gonna shine in the darkness, a light so those people could see who were wandering and not sure where to go. A baby will be born. His name, Jesus. His job to save the world. Jesus came down to this earth. God with us, Emmanuel. He came to make his home with us. This is what the first Christmas is all about. Jesus comes to dwell with us and to make his home with us. And what Jesus did for everyone on that first Christmas, 30 years later, he was doing personally for Zacchaeus. Why don't we read the rest of the story from verse seven, and it says this, all the people saw what Jesus had done and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Wow. <laughs> what was happening here? Well, let me tell you what was happening here. Jesus had come to Zacchaeus and he said, I want to come to your house. Immediately, Zacchaeus felt accepted and loved as he looked into Jesus' eyes, he knew that Jesus wanted to be with him forever, always, in the realities and the practicalities of life. But you know, Zacchaeus didn't just welcome as his guest. He welcomed Jesus as his Lord and as his Savior. As he did that, he knew, he had, he knew that he, he, all his cheating and lying needed to stop. He knew he wanted to give back to those that he had wronged four times as much. In that moment, he was transformed. Finally, Zacchaeus had a connection that he was never going to let go. He even felt taller for a while, which he'd never felt like that before. He had security and he had a new purpose in terms of living for Jesus that he never had before. Well, that's how the, it ended for Zacchaeus. Let's see how it ended for David and Hannah. We're going to see a second part of their video, and it's coming up now. In the year 2016, Hannah and I met at Moorlands Bible College, and through hanging out with our friends in the community, we really saw something special uh, in each other. And then in November last year, November 2019, I proposed to Hannah and she said yes, which was amazing. And then we entered into this uh, journey of wedding planning. However, COVID-19 hit. Yeah, 
um, in all of that in, in the past few years, even though we were fully settled in the UK, being at university, being at um, Moorlands and, um, you know, being in different churches, we realised that feeling fully settled and feeling at home wasn't as straightforward. And so actually our home for us for the past few years, uh, yes, we had our physical homes, but emotionally and spiritually our homes were in each other um, and in our relationship with God. Particularly this year was really tough for me as I was looking for a job. We got married on the 4th of November, praise the Lord. Um, but we had to move our dates four times um, before we finally got to do it. Um, and that was extremely tough. Um, and it felt like all the avenues we were trying to go for, David, you know, going for jobs, us trying to find um, somewhere to rent. Mm. It was just dead ends <laughs> for a really, really long time. And it really tested both our faiths. Um, but we're really thankful that we were able to get to the point where we just chose to trust in God, regardless of our feelings, regardless of our circumstances. And it paid off like um, around October, November. That's when we really felt, yes, um, we saw so much of, yeah, God's incredible faithfulness. Um, it's amazing, really. Yeah, we really saw God's faithfulness uh, in our wedding when we were preparing for the wedding. And after we got married, through the generosity of people in finding a new home, um, we really see that as a, just as a foretaste of what's to come when we meet Jesus again and we'll be with him eternally at our new home. Well, thank you, David and Hannah, for being so honest and genuine. It's been so good uh, to see God with you um, through your this year and to see you married now is incredible um, it's amazing uh, I've got one more thing to say lastly not only did Jesus come for us but he also has gone for us too in the gospel of John uh, chapter 14 verse 2 Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says this he says I have to go from here and so he says there are many rooms in my father's house uh, I am going there to prepare a place for you this is an incredible scripture <laughs> you see not only did Jesus come for us he has gone ahead of us too He's getting a room ready for all those that would trust in him so that we can live where he now lives. You see, Jesus, the ultimate exile, the ultimate homeless wanderer has made a way for us to come home to him. On the cross, Jesus paid the mortgage. At that point, there was forgiveness of everybody's sin. Zacchaeus, mine, the whole world, so that we could have a restored relationship with God the Father through what Jesus has done for us. In his resurrection, Jesus overcame death. He has the keys, therefore, to heaven's door, and he opens it. He's gone there to open it for all those that would put their trust in him. Salvation came to Zacchaeus' house, 
my hope and prayer is that this Christmas, salvation may come to your house and you might know what it is to be finally home with God as your Lord and Savior. And one day, we're all gonna go to that place and he will be there with us and we'll be finally home. If anything that I've said or you've heard today has piqued your interest and you want to explore further, then in the new year, we're going to run an exploration course. We call it Alpha, and we would love you to come and check that out. So you can uh, go to the link in the description and on the chat, and you can sign up there. It's just simply saying, I want to explore something of this um, further, and we would love you to do just that. We're going to sing a final carol. Uh, Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Let's enjoy this one together. <laughs>